Hi friends and welcome to another episode of the Oakham Church podcast. In the season that we're in of metamorphosis, we're looking, as you know, at the life and letters of the Apostle Paul and asking the kinds of questions of what patterns and what gleanings and understandings and and what, what, what ideas can we get from the man, Paul, and from his teachings in his letters that can speak to us as individuals and speak to us as communities and families and churches today that can teach us about spiritual formation and about growth and about transformation. In the year that we have just found ourselves coming through, 2020, we've had so much upheaval, so much has kind of been forced upon us, so much change has been forced upon us. Um, We've had to stop work, some people have been put on furlough, we haven't been able to go on holidays, people have had to cancel weddings, Um, people haven't been able to grieve properly um, during funerals and the death of loved ones. All sorts of things, and things have changed in all sorts of ways, mask wearing and social distancing and hand sanitizers and vaccinations. So much change has almost been forced upon us. And yet now we find ourselves in this season of what now? What does the world look like now? How now do we live? How then should we live? And that's the question ultimately that Paul gets us to as we work through this series of metamorphosis. We follow this pattern that we see both in Paul's life and in the teaching and the letters of Paul, where he works through this sequence He works through these different ways of gratitude and new way of seeing and honouring what is and then asking that question that I just said, what now? What do we do with all of this that's come before us? And that's how we grow, that's how we move, that's how we live and have our being. And uh, we find ourselves in Paul's letter to the churches that gather in Ephesus today. And our focus was on chapter two last week. And so I'm going to read to you from the message today of Ephesians chapter three and just a few thoughts. Ephesians three. This is why I, Paul, am in jail for Christ, having taken up the cause of you outsiders, so called. I take it that you are familiar with the part I was given in God's plan for including everybody. I got the inside story on this from God himself, as I just wrote you in brief. As you read over what I have written to you, you'll be able to see for yourselves into the mystery of Christ. None of our ancestors understood this. Only in our time has it been made clear by God's spirit through his holy apostles and prophets of this new order, the mystery that people who have never heard of God and those who have heard of him all their lives, what I've been calling outsiders and insiders, stand on the same ground before God. They get the same offer, the same help, the same promises in Christ Jesus. The message is accessible and welcoming to everyone across the board. This is my life work, helping people understand and respond to this message. It came as a sheer gift to me, a real surprise. God handling all the details, 
when it came to presenting the message to the people who had no background in God's way, I was the least qualified of any of the available Christians. God saw to it that I was equipped, but you can be sure that it had nothing to do with my natural abilities. And so here I am, preaching and writing about things that are way over my head, the inexhaustible riches and generosity of Christ. My task is to bring out in the open and make plain what God, who created all this in the first place, has been doing in secret and behind the scenes all along. Through Christians like yourselves, gathering in churches, this extraordinary plan of God is becoming known and talked about, even among the angels. All this is proceeding along lines planned all along by God and then executed in Christ Jesus. When we trust in him, we're free to say whatever needs to be said, bold to go wherever we need to go. So don't let my present trouble on your behalf get you down. Be proud. Just a couple of points from that first section of chapter three. Um, it comes up again and again in Paul's letters, this idea of the mystery of God and the mystery of Christ and the mystery of the gospel, the mystery of the, the work that God is doing and has been doing behind the scenes all along, that we're just getting a glimpse of it. We're just getting kind of in on the joke, as it was, that um, you can look at things in a new way. This is what Paul's talking about. He's talking about seeing in a new way. Whenever he's talking about this idea of the insiders and the outsiders, these very obvious and, and, and cultural divided lines that were very much prevalent in the time that Paul is writing this, of you're either in or you're out. You're either clean or you're unclean. You're either worthy or you're unworthy. You're either a Jew on my team or you're a Gentile and you're not. And here Paul is tasked with this, this role of taking this all-inclusive, ever-expanding love of God message out to people that he thought had no business hearing this message. And so we've seen not only that he has new eyes to see this situation and new eyes to see the people that he's being called to speak to, but he's also now encouraging us to have new eyes to see this message in a whole new way. And not just that, but then to continue his work of taking this message out, taking this message out to all the people that perhaps for one reason or another we've thought don't deserve to hear it. For one reason or another we've thought are out who are not good enough, who are dirty or the wrong kinds of people. And Paul is showing us that no, we need to have these new eyes, these new eyes that Christ gave him are the same new eyes that Christ gives us, that we see that everyone stands, what is it? Stands on the same ground before God, insiders and outsiders, equal. The other thing I really love from this little section as well is how Paul recognises his, um, his basically inability to do the thing that he's actually doing. Yes, he's qualified more than enough. He calls himself a Pharisee's Pharisee. He's qualified to go and talk to Jews 
about what he's learning and about the, the growth and the formation that he's going through and the, the, these hidden mysteries that God is revealing to him, that he's, he's uh, apocalypsing out to others. He's more than enough qualified to go and take this message to fellow Jews just like him. And yet that's not God, how God works. God says, no, Paul, even though you feel like that's what you're supposed to do, even though you are comfortable in those settings and around those kinds of people, that's not your work to do. You are to go out to all the non-Jews. You are to go out and take that message to all the people that you once thought didn't deserve to hear that message. And Paul recognises that he is not qualified for this whatsoever. And yet that is exactly what God has done. He says, my task is to bring out to the open and make plain what God, who created all this in the first place, has been doing in secret and behind the scenes all along. I just want to encourage you that whatever it is that maybe you are feeling like God's calling you into, regardless of whether or not you feel qualified, regardless of or not whether you feel ready, whether you feel able, God will qualify you. God will make you ready. God will make you able. And just the sheer fact that you probably are feeling uncomfortable about this or awkward about this or maybe even experiencing imposter syndrome where you have no business doing whatever it is you're doing or going wherever it is you're going or saying whatever it is you're saying. The very fact that you're feeling that way stands a good chance that that's the actual evidence to the fact that that is what God wants you to do. That is where God wants you to be. That is who God wants you to be. And I love that little bit where he talks to the church in Ephesians and I believe that he's talking to the church today as well. When we can act in this way, when we can have that gratitude and that gratefulness in our hearts and when we can see with new eyes like Paul is um, exemplifying for us here and when we can honour what is and when we can move on to what's next, when we can receive and, and move into this these spiritual growth and formation... But Paul says this, he says that this is becoming known and talked about even among the angels. Church, the angels are gossiping about the kinds of things that you're getting up to. The angels are slyly looking around and whispering each other and saying, have you heard about so-and-so? Have you seen what they're getting up to? Have you seen the kinds of things that they're doing and saying and thinking? Have you seen the kinds of people that they're growing into? Have you seen how they're helping this kingdom progress? And the angels are doing that about you. Be encouraged. Be proud. And to finish, I just want to read the prayer that then follows this section that I've just read. Paul says this. My response is to get down on my knees before the Father. This magnificent father who parcels out all heaven and earth. I ask him to strengthen you by his spirit. Not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength. That Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. And I ask that with both feet planted firmly on love, you will be able to take with all Christians the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breadth. Test its length. Plumb its depths. Rise to the heights. Live full lives 
full in the fullness of God. God can do anything you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us. His spirit deeply and gently within us. Glory to God in the church. Glory to God in the Messiah, in Jesus. Glory down all the generations. Glory through all millennia. Oh yes, grace and peace.